Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we will get into the uh, market conditions. Today, let me grab my little cheat sheet. Today, after our market snapshot, we're going to talk about a couple of things. One, what's the quickest way to determine what the value is for your house, right? So a, a quick and easy barometer for doing that. Uh, I'll discuss that today so everybody's pretty clear on how that works. And then we're going to talk about you know, trust, right? If you're going to work with anybody, if you're going to work with a doctor, a dentist, a realtor, anybody, you know, you need to trust them and you need to check track records. So we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about trust and lack thereof and whether realtors and sellers should even work together if they, if they feel that that trust or that bond isn't there. Okay. So we're going to talk about that. The first thing we're going to do, we're going to go to the market conditions and we're going to see what happened. This is the end of summer, right? Everybody's back at school. Everybody's home from the beach. You know, what happened in June, July, and August? Um, you know, it's quite a dramatic change from where we were in April and May and, um, you know, March, April, and May. So let's take a look at that. Let me share my screen. Let's do what we do. All right, let's get over to our, let's get over to our market snapshot. Then we'll take a look at what's going on, right? Okay, so the month of August. This is the year-to-date inventory. So when I mean inventory, that is how many homes are coming on the market, how many homes are listed on the market. So you can see that in Fairfax County, those listings for the year are down 15%. Loudness 12, Prince William, it's, it's down dramatically across the board. Vienna more than anybody at 17%. So We've had 17% less listings in 2022 than we had over the five-year average between you know, January and August, okay? That's a real dramatic drop. Now, good for the sellers, not so good for the buyers, right? All right, so let's take a look at just August. If we just look at August, is it getting better or is it getting worse, okay? So inventory in Vienna is down 34%. So, the August homes that came on the market are 34% less than the five-year average, dramatically less than 2021 to 2020. So let's look at Fairfax, 22% off. So it's not getting better. The inventory is not coming. You know, rates have gone up. And we said that the two cooling things for the market and pricing is going to be when interest rates go up and inventory comes back. The inventory is not back, right? So when a buyer goes out and a buyer says, hey, I'm, uh, it's a buyer's market. I'm really going to tear these sellers. No, you're not. No, you're not going to tear the sellers up because you have less inventory today than we did last year or over that five-year average, especially in August. So what does, that, what does that translate into? So these are the new listings, right? And I broke this down by year. So I started in 2017. So look at where the listings were in 2017. These green, this is Fairfax County. Now look where they are today, right? That's off fairly dramatically. Um, the next biggest one here, you've got it. This is Prince William County. So you can see they're at 449. And this is where they've been throughout the years. Look at Vienna. Vienna is down here at 58, 57. So they're in the 60s, got up to 68 in 2020. And that's basically caused because in the beginning of the pandemic, the house were pulled, you know, kind of pulled off. They weren't sure what to do. By this time, everybody's in full swing and homes were coming back on the market, getting on the market. So 
So we really went from 80 or 68 and 64 respectively in 2021 to 40 this year. So here's my, here's the, what this means. If you're thinking of selling, that's a good time to sell, right? It's going to be tougher on the buyers, better on the sellers. So, you know, this is great news for sellers. We're not overwhelmed with inventory. We don't have to compete with 18 different houses. This is great news for sellers. So if you're thinking of getting on the market, do it, right? All right, so let's look at the homes under contract, which is again, a this is a, a barometer in each market of how many homes are on the market and how many homes are under contract. Now, if 60% of the homes are under contract, that means we're in a seller's market. If less than 40% are in, a, in the market, on the market. That means we have a buyer's market, okay? So if we look across the board, you can pick out your town and you can see that, you know, the average is 44 and that's about where we've been all of August. So it's not getting any better, not getting any worse. A little scary when you consider that we haven't had any inventory come on and we're still at 44%. Look at McLean. I'm gonna give you a stat here. This will knock your socks off. In August, of 2022 on detached homes, McLean had 20 homes sell, go under contract in the month of August, 20, right? They had 30 withdraw, expire, or um, cancel. So 50 houses, 21 under contract, 30 were withdrawn or uh, expired, canceled. Why is that? Why in the hell would you have that kind of production, that kind of failure rate? So that's a 60% failure rate. How can you do that when inventory is down 18%? I can tell you why. They overprice them and they evidently don't trust the realtors or there's a trust issue out there because a smart realtor, and there are smart, some smart realtors out there, should be able to guide the seller to the right pricing strategy, to the right marketing plan, to the right contract negotiation strategy. You know, you should be able to guide a person. So what it tells me is that 60% of the agents could not do that. It's either the sellers or the agents, not sure which one. But, and it, it kind of, it's funny. I mean, we'll do, uh, probably this year, maybe we'll do $160 million and you know, my gold standard listings will average four days and, you know, yada, 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 blah, 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 big track record. Who cares? And then you go to McLean and well, what have you sold to McLean? Well, I don't know, but whoever's selling out here is not doing a good job at it because when 60% of the homes withdraw, and we have no withdrawals, when you have 60% of the homes withdraw, um, that's a problem. So I think there's a fundamental problem with the realtor seller relationship in McLean when you have a 60% failure rate. That's my two cents worth. All right, let's get out of here and let's go talk about other things. Let me see, do I have anything else? Well, that's just, these are just um, the under contracts of where we are. So you can see we started, you know, with our under contracts of 78% and it's fallen, fallen, fallen. Right now we're at 44%, that's not 46, it's 44. So pretty stabilizing down here. Again, once it dips below 40, that is a buyer's market. So right now, you know, and really it is incredible to me how you can have so many homes not under contract when your inventory is down in Vienna, say 37%, right? 
So let's talk about that for a second. Let, let's just talk about, let, let me talk about, you know, sitting on the market, not going under contract. So let's say you've been on the market. I've told you the strategy, you know, sell it in the first four day, uh, first weekend. Um, if that doesn't work, wait for the Monbacks to come. That's phase two. Phase three is go to all the agents and say, we will accept um, contention on the sale of your home contracts. Uh, we get a better price. You get your terms. And then after that, now we come to the last week. Okay, now the market after 30 days has adjusted the pricing down 50% or $50,000. So any offers that come in are not coming in full price. Why? Because they already know nobody's willing to pay full price. So they're going to discount the price. You must go to 950000 So if you're in a million, you must go to nine fifty. The market has already discounted your house. You need a bigger buyer pool. And who knows, and this happens many times, when you do that, the buyers at 950 start fight, 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 fight. And before you know it, you could be right back up to a million. I mean, Billy and I went from 1.6 to 1.55 after 30 days and got two contracts and got 1.6 million. So it doesn't mean that that's what you're going to accept. It just means that that's probably where the buyer pool is and that's where you need to be. So let's talk about, let's talk about pricing for a second, right? Um, what's a quick and easy way for you to figure out what your house is really worth, okay? Well, everybody's home is assessed at a certain thing by Fairfax County, Loudoun County, Prince William County, Arlington, whatever. You've got an assessment and you have homes that are selling at a percentage of assessment. And what you need to do is you need to get a sampling, maybe five or six homes that have sold and find out each one of them, what percentage of assessment did they sell for? Let's say it's 122. What's well, 122% of the assessment on your house, right? Now, is that what your house is really worth? No, but that's an indicator. That's gonna be your, that's gonna be your bedrock, right? So what I say is you need some firm ground to stand on before you can start adjusting prices, right? So let's say that your percentage of assessment is the bedrock of pricing. That's where we're going to go first. And don't look at, don't look at um, uh, what's sold in, in May or March or April. You know, those comps were in a different, that was a whole different world than July and August. That's a whole different world than where we're at today. And, and that's why I do this show. And that's why all of the stats that you see are hand done by me. I don't trust all of the reporting services because they're always late. I, don't, I can't use late information. I need accurate, timely information. I need to know what's happening this week, this month, this year. And I need to use that with my sellers or, and my buyers to achieve our goals. So you'll see these stats are hand done. They're fresh. I get up every morning, get a cup of coffee, and I start pounding on the computer to make sure I've got all my updated stats. So what you just heard, is as of today, right? It's all gotta be as of today. Nothing from MLS, uh, smart charts or any of the rest of that stuff. That tells you what happened back then. We need to know what's happening right now. And not only that, we need to know what's happening in our specific markets, right? Reston and Vienna may be two entirely different markets. $1 million homes and $700,000 homes are two entirely different markets. And, and let me give you a perfect example of that. Let me give you a perfect example. We just sold a house of 1838 Toyon Wagons. And we looked at that and said, okay, well, the houses in this price range are selling at what percentage of assessment? 125%. 
Then we said, okay, well, the houses that are around it that are the smaller ones, under a million dollars, what are they selling for? 115, right? So there's a 10% difference between the percentage of assessment of the bigger houses versus the smaller houses. Why is that? You know, why is that? I can tell you exactly why it is. Because a mortgage for a, if a person's gonna get a $647,000 mortgage, they're gonna pay 6%. If they get a million dollar mortgage, they're gonna pay 5%. There's a one point swing between smaller mortgages cost and larger mortgages cost. Let that one sink in. I don't know why. All I know is Mike Filan is our lender. Mike Filan keeps me up to date on everything. He's with First Heritage Mortgage. They're one of the best correspondent lenders in town. Mike stays, Mike knows I want this. I gotta have this. So, so he reports back that the conforming loans for whatever reason are at 6%. And the non-conforming or jumbo loans are 5%. So the cost of money on bigger homes is less than the cost of money on smaller homes. Normally, it is the opposite. Normally, it's the opposite. Normally, jumbo loans cost, you know, a quarter or a half a point more. So conforming under 647 would be at, let's say, 5%. Jumbo loans would be at five and a quarter or five and a half, five and three eight, somewhere right in there. For some reason, the capital markets are upside down, topsy turvy. Conforming loans, 5.875. Non conforming, 5%. 10 year arms, 4.5%. So, so the problem is it's more expensive to borrow money for the smaller homes. Conversely, that's why they are at 115%. Now, why did all these homes get withdrawn, okay? Why did 60% of the homes in McLean withdraw? 30 homes failed to sell in August. That's one of that. So, so why is that, okay? So when I'm pricing a house, I say the house uh, would normally sell a customary value, let's say $1.2 million, okay? Not today, because today you can't look at all of the May and April contracts, which are zero comps. You have to look at what's going on in their contract right now. What's going on? How much did you get? Talk to the agent. You know, let me know. I can run a model based on the, I run a model based on the pendings, the active contracts and the available homes. So let's say I have three homes that are on the market and they're asking 130% of assessment. And I know the pendings are selling at 115% of assessment. So where should we be? We should be at 115% of assessment, right? 15% less than the knuckleheads that are going out at 130. So you need to be very smart about this, right? Where we put it. That's not where it's going to sell for. It's just where you put it, where you find your buyer pool. I've talked about the buyer pools a hundred times. So, so when we're talking about percentage of assessment, my biggest tip off is what is the percentage of assessment of the homes that are going under contract? Call the agents, they'll tell you. If they don't, they're whatever. Can't think of a proper word to do on the internet. Most will tell you, most will tell you. We tell people, it's like, I, I don't really care. I'll tell you what, what our house is under contract for. This is not rocket science. This is not, you know, a miracle. I got four contracts right behind them. So if this one kicks out, I'm gonna still be at that number. 
So bank on that being our number. So I try and help people so they don't make mistakes, right? We're all trying to help the sellers. We're trying to help the buyers. We're trying to help the sellers, whoever we represent. So, you know, I think that, that people will look at what's sold and price accordingly. No, the market has changed a little bit. The market is adjusted, right? And if you don't go where the pendings are, percentage of assessment, right? Then, you know, you, you, you're going to miss it. You're going to miss the pricing. So that's one of the adjustments we've made in this market. Okay. Doesn't mean that's what we're going to get. Now, how is the, how is the final price determined, right? So the final price, my final valuation is what are the upgrades? Do you have a pool? Uh, have you got a new kitchen? Have you got new bathrooms? Have you done new paint? Have you got new flooring? You know, what have you done to your house? Some people will invest 150, 200,000 in their house. Some will invest zero, right? So, so we need to give credit where credit is due. If you have upgrades that are superior to everybody, then maybe you're not 115%, maybe you're more like 120, but the public is gonna give you 125. So they'll bid all this up, right? All you're trying to do with the list price is get them in the front door, okay? So determining value, key element. What is the percentage of assessment of the homes under contract? Not the homes that sold, right? That was different world. Think of that as 2018. This is today. We need to live in today's world. We need to price homes accordingly. Now, you may not have enough uh, uh, pending, so you need to get out a little bit. You need to move a little bit. You need to open up your ranges a little bit so you can get more, more people. Now, if, if you're a home seller and you want to know, you know that John and Mary down the road just sold their house. Well, you don't have access to the MLS and you don't want to talk to nosy realtors. So what you'll do is go to the Fairfax County tax records, look up John and Mary's house. It'll tell you what their assessment is. It'll tell you what your assessment is. If John and Mary got 120% of their assessment and you've been in their house and your upgrades are similar, and it's 120%. That may, be, that may be a good, easy way for you to find out what your house is worth. With that said, I took a look at some of the McLean houses that didn't sell. Their average sales, 118% of assessment. These were on for 135 and 140% of assessment. And that comes to the next thing, and that is trust, right? Trust is very important. I'm going to go to our mastermind. Uh, Sarah uh, Mormon at Samson Properties hosts a, a mastermind for all the agents over $10 million. And it's, and it's really phenomenal what she does. And we learn a ton from each other. So, um, you know, somebody is, is, is saying, have you ever not taken a listing? It's like, absolutely. Oh, no problem, right? Because you need to, you know, Every agent has their own, has a couple of main things. They've got a, a, the way they prepare homes, the way they price homes, the way they market homes, the marketing strategy, and then the predictive analysis, which we do and I'm trying to teach the agents how to do, the predictive analysis so that our final price is correct. And then when contracts start rolling in, they need to be able to trust us to give them guidance on the contracts, right? This is our contract strategy. We're not going to use escalation clauses. We use highest and best. We're not going to take a contract after one day. We're going to make it last for four days. There are exceptions to every rule, but that's, that's our protocol, right? So most times the seller and our team, me and, and whoever the all tapes are, 
we're all in lockstep. We're all in sync, right? And that I call it the roller coaster effect. You know, when they see that we've done a hundred houses like theirs and it's all turned out well and everybody's made a lot of money and everything sold at four four days, a lot of the sellers, rightly so, will say, whatever you say, whatever you want to do, that's what we're going to do. It's work for everybody else. When I say we got to drop from 1.4 to 1.35 in a predictive analysis, the sellers have to trust that they can go to 1.35 because when they do, the average is we get $140,000 over our list price. So that is a trust thing. They've got to trust me, right? And we got to trust them because when push comes to shove, we're going to get a contract. And you may say, man, nah, I don't think I'm going to do it. It's a great contract. It's, we really got to, we really, you know, we really got to get on this contract and eh, we'll wait, we'll wait. And I know that's wrong. So, so we're trying to gauge, do we trust the seller and does the seller trust us? Now, 14 out of 15 um, uh, meetings and listing appointments, lockstep away we go. Again, a track record is very important. When you as a seller or you as a buyer are working with an agent, um, the track record is important as to what they've done, the size of homes, what their marketing strategy is. Do not, do not think that your neighborhood is any different than any other neighborhood. Do not. Most of the comps will in fact come from your neighborhood. Most of the comps will in fact come from one mile radius, same similar size, same similar age, uh, same similar price range. There's nothing worse and going through all of this and then somebody saying, hey, how many homes have you sold in this neighborhood, right? That uh, a neighborhood is totally irrelevant, right? We're gonna see over time how your neighbor's homes compare against the other homes. That's just what professional pricing people do. And the one thing you also have to remember is when you put a price on a house, that's only here to get people in. I do not know what the house is gonna sell. All I know is what's the price that's going to get everybody walking in the door and then get the, let the bidding begin. And when I say I don't want it's going to sell for, a lot of times I'm scratching my head, can't believe we got 1.49 for that house. I can't believe we got 1.55 for a $1.4 million house. Couldn't believe it. So do I know what it's going to sell for? No. Did I think that Flint Hill was going to sell for 1.5? Yeah, that's about it. And we got a bunch of contracts at 1.5, 1.52. Somebody walks in, goes, I'll give you 1.65. I got to have this house. I got to walk to uh, Madison High School. I've got to walk to Flint Hill. I'll give you 1.65. That's nothing in LA. So do I know what the final is going to be? No, because it could get weird. Now, when your house sells in the first five days, stuff gets weird. What's weird, right? What is weird? What's weird is when somebody bids against themselves. So they're the only contract in. And we say, give us your highest and best offer. And they give us another 150,000 over their offer. Nobody else is in 150 over their offer and remove the home inspection and remove the, um, uh, the appraisal. That's weird, right? Somebody will come in and um, that's bidding against themselves. The other weird things bid 100,000 or 150,000 over the next closest contract. That's just weird, right? People paying 100,000 over what a house is worth, 150, 200,000 over a house worth, that's just weird. But it happens. It's happened a lot. I mean, we had a house on Mount Morrency that was a modern house, more modern uh, design and what they did. And 
I, 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 I could tell you it was worth 1.15. I think it was sold for 1.45 or 1.5. I mean, it, it got nuts. We sold a Lakeville house for $1.4 million. How did that go over 1.2? I had no idea. I had no idea. I mean, people need a house. There are no houses out there. They love this house. They have the means. They come from an area where maybe $1.4 million doesn't mean a lot to them. Maybe they're from Arlington or Alexandria or DC, which is why we're going after and we market to those people to bring them in because they'll look at it and go, oh, this house is 1.4 easy. Not in Vienna, not in Lakeville. I mean, not without pool membership. You know, that's weird. I mean, that's just weird. So do we see weird things? Yes, we do. Um, you know, and then on the other side, we've seen weird things where we have a lock-in on the price. We're sure what the price is. And the person went away and got other advice, um, maybe from a heavenly source, that um, their home should be listed 200000 higher than I said it should be. listed. And we put it on there and it rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom, rock bottom. And before you know it, they got probably 150000 less than they should have. That's weird when you, when you take advice. Um, you know, it's just, there's weird things happen out there. And that's why I think the trust is important because um, we were asked to go out and, and list a home for a builder. And we thought it was the worst built house ever. We thought the lot was horrible. We thought that the home was thrown up. The craftsmanship was terrible. And they said, we'll list it at whatever you want us to list it at. And I said, I'm not putting my name on that house. If you see our name on a house, it's prepared correctly. It's what we call a gold standard listing. It's prepared correctly. It's priced correctly, marketed correctly. Contracts are gonna come in in a normal standard way. This is a gold standard listing. And I'm not going to overprice or underprepare or under market or, if my name's going to be on it, I go see every house. I make sure we're priced correctly. And I would say 14 out of 15 sellers are exactly perfect. We work perfectly together. But the 15th will take, will sap all your energy, all your strength away from the 14 great sellers. So for you realtors, you want to make sure that you have that level of trust, that they trust you. If you say we need to paint this, we'll paint that. If we got to price it here, we're going to price it here. If the predictive analysis says go down, we're going to go down. So, so we always are talking about that working relationship, that partnership with the seller. I'm not telling, I'm asking a lot of questions and they're asking me a lot of questions. When we're both asking questions, we all win. When one is telling you what you're going to do, that's when it's going to, that's when you're going to lose. So it needs to be a partnership. A realtor needs information from the seller. They need the cooperation. They need an understanding. Um, and a seller needs to know that the pricing strategy they agree with, marketing plan they agree with, predictive analysis they'll agree with, they agree with our contract strategy, and they know that we've had enough sales to validate and authenticate that this is the proper strategy. So today we talked about a market strategy, August sale, August inventory is way down. Uh, inventory for the year is way down. It's a good opportunity for sellers to get out there and sell their homes. The market is, is fantastic for the bigger price homes have 5% interest rates. The smaller homes have 6% interest rates. So yes, that is 
that the smaller homes are not, you know, thriving as, as much. They're only selling it like 115 of assessment as opposed to 122, 125 of assessment. And if you're gonna have a relationship with a realtor, you need to trust them. And if you're a realtor, you need to trust your sellers. You need to make sure that if we have a plan that we are all on the same page and there's mutual respect for both of them. And that way you get a great listing, great sale, everything goes smooth and everybody's happy. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey where we come to you every Thursday at 10.30 live and give you the most up-to-date information we possibly can and give you the strategies that work in today's market. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or Casey at CaseySampson.com. We'll see you all again next week. Bye now.